For those who prefer Linux or are simply curious about Linux and other open source technologies, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Episode number 290 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday the 9th of April 2013. So good to see you. 290 weeks. Whoa. Whoa. That's a lot of shows, Rob. Whoa. Well, let's focus on this week. How has your week been? Holistically very good. Up yeah? Until this morning. Oh, what happened? I was a victim a of victim. thievery. No. My iPod was stolen right out of the clutches of my car now luckily it was just the ipod yeah but it was some punk kids in my neighborhood of course it was going through cars and they like rifled through everything or cds strewn my expensive gps remained yeah and they just stole the ipod why would a kid want a gps yeah because that's that's how we know it was the punk kid grown-up would have been like leave the ipod i'm grabbing the (laughs) gps so it narrows it down and what do you do in a case like that it's not like you can Put it on insurance, yeah, or something like it's like the scenario when we got broken into. It's like you can't, you're not going to pay a deductible to get it back. It's like oh, you just take it and and it's not. And what what kind of iPod was it? An iPod Nano, fourth generation, pink, very Hillary. Mm. Yeah, full of my music. It's like if it was an iPod Touch or something, you could use iCloud to track it down. Mm. If it was an iPhone or an iPad or something like that, that, not with the Nano. Unfortunately, no. So, so what are you gonna sad. do? Cry a little. Yeah. Plea to the viewers, viewers. Please. She needs an iPod Nano, preferably oh. pink. <laughs> I just I feel more violated than anything. I know, eh? I'm just that's the like, thing. Come on. And normally I lock my car, but the yeah. one time, the one time I didn't. Well, because they probably check it every day. Little punks. Yeah. I, now I want to like unlock it on purpose and leave a nasty note. Or mm. a guilty note, like right, like a guilt-inducing note for them, and then they'll find it. Or like get an iPod Touch, and then like take the risk, install, um, yeah. find my I- iPhone or whatever it's called on it, and leave it on the front seat and unlock the doors, and just pray that it works. <laughs> but this <laughs> track the this has happened to my husband. Yeah, and we asked a high local high schooler about it, and he says the kids do this all the time. No way. Wipe them See, it's out. It's all about the kids, folks. Just wait. It's all the kids. They wipe it Come out. They bring it to school and then sell it for like twenty bucks. No. Like twenty bucks. Not even. Ouch. Like a hefty thing. It's like iPods are worth like a thousand bucks. It's insulting. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. So we'll we'll put a, a real positive spin on the night. We're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. We're gonna forget about all your. I'm sorry, woes. I didn't mean to be a downer, guys. Whatever, I just had to tell you. Whatever rough start of the day any of us have had we're gonna we're just gonna (laughs) breathe in breathe out i have no idea if that's how you do it but it worked for me but i had a great morning so i'm really glad you did sorry to rub it in no i just had to tell you guys that my music is gone you can't listen to music now i'll figure something out i just had to tell the world so i'm over it i'm ready to roll and excited for good show because i know i have a lot to tell that's newsworthy Mm. excellent What's coming up? For example, here's some proof for you that times have changed. Microsoft is pointing the finger at Google, accusing them of monopolizing the market. How? Oh. 
Sky's move to Yahoo in the UK has resurrected a deleted email for its users over and over. Linux is going to space. And lastly, agar and fruit juice could have the fat of chocolate without changing the texture. Wow. Half the calories and still tastes or feels the same. I'm all for it. So stick around because these are coming up later in our show. Awesome. We've got an exceptionally exciting show for you tonight. We're going to be showing you a Linux distribution that is fresh off the press mm-hmm. that is going to, it's, it's you're going to see, I don't want to spoil it, but imagine <laughs> if imagine if Unity and GNOME 3 just didn't happen and, and things just kept progressing the way that we wanted them to, which was the GNOME 2 kind of realm of you know, applications menu and the way that things function. Comp is and all the brilliant effects that come with that. Excellent performance, stability, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking at that distribution tonight, so don't Ooh, go anywhere. Uh, cool. We're going to actually be installing that right here and getting you a free copy of that distribution of Linux. So don't go anywhere. So nice. what else have we got tonight? I mean, it's an exceptionally exciting show. I've been just like eager, eager, eager. Ooh. To, to to be here tonight so <laughs> good to see you and uh, get your viewer questions in live at category5.tv I don't want to waste any time I want to just hit a real quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and we're going to get started uh, installing this uh, distribution of Linux so Sweet. stick around don't go anywhere at EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And we are also part of the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Speaking of being a part of the uh, of the Tech Podcast Network, uh, something that we've had on our site this week. I don't know if you've been on to Category5.tv, but very exciting. We've got live coverage from NAB 2013, uh, which is, you know, you, you get to learn about all the latest and greatest crazy products mm-hmm. uh, that have, you know, like a lot of broadcast technology is there. Cool. Uh, live stream is there. There are like, you know, video cameras that fly and you know they're like remote control helicopters That's cool awesome stuff just a, a lot of great coverage there you can go to category5.tv uh, right now it's not on our site because we are live but uh, <laughs> uh, of course after the show tonight mm-hmm. you'll see a, a countdown to tomorrow's feature it starts at 1.30 in the afternoon tomorrow afternoon uh, eastern time and uh, and then of course uh, the live show goes until eight o'clock it's just a whole bunch of vendors and cool. and it's all live That's right awesome. at category 5.tv so Sweet. don't miss it no way yeah. are you set I'm oh i'm excited I'm okay you remember last week we were working away on my computer and doing a demonstration here on category 5 <laughs> tv and all of a sudden ubuntu decided to go crazy yeah and it was just another one of those moments where i was like oh, unity Come on. What is... This is disunity, <laughs> if you ask me. This is disjointed, combobulated mm. disunification of user and operating system. Yes. Linux has always represented uh, freedom. And not just free as in no price, but free <laughs> as in you've got freedom to make it your own, really make it feel like what you want your your Linux to feel like. Linux, of course, being a replacement for Windows or Mac OS, uh, it is a, an operating system that you can put on your computer. And tonight we are looking at Point Linux. And I'm very, very excited to have found this distribution because it feels like what Linux would be if I decided, you know what, fine, I'm going to make my own Linux based on when Linux was brilliant, <laughs> before all this transitioning to tablets and stuff took place. So we're talking, you know, the GNOME 2 style interface. And when I say that, I mean, you know, the, the familiar interface. Mm. But working with new technology, new kernels, new, uh, you know, cutting edge stuff. But with the interface and the usability and the freedom 
getting that freedom back where you can make your system feel the way that, uh, that it should. So we're going to start tonight by installing this operating system. And uh, here it is. We're booting from Point Linux 13.04, which I'm pleased to announce right now on the show is available at pointlinux.org. And uh, that, is, uh, that is new information. Ooh. Literally, just came out when I said it. It is now available. That is pretty good. Now Check it's it there. out right this second. So here we go. I am booting up the uh, the live CD here. You can do this on your computer and install this brand or this distro of Linux on your computer system. And let's see how this goes. I'm excited. I'm, I'm just watching this. I'm I've been waiting. through. Toby said to me in the chat room, have you been enjoying distro hopping? Which is to say, installing Linux after yeah. Linux after <laughs> Linux, because I'm looking and searching for that Linux that makes me feel like I'm in love with Linux again. <laughs> We've had this discussion when, yeah. when Unity first came out. What did we do? We took some time and we tried to make U- Unity, Linux, Ubuntu feel like the old style Linux. Mm-hmm. Now, the hands are getting tied even more and the restraints are, are tighter and tighter as far as the freedom aspect goes. And we're losing that and everything is going to this other interface. So now we're going to get that back with pointlinux.org. Go grab yourself a copy right now, and you can download that for free off of the website, 32-bit, 64-bit downloads. Here we go. So now we're launching into the uh, desktop for the first time here. This is, again, a live CD. So this is what I actually see from the CD. It's not installed on my computer yet. But you see that there's a button that says Install Point Linux. (coughs) And just quickly looking at Point Linux, you can see that it is... (laughs) <laughs> Dreamy! <laughs> Look at that. Looks familiar, right, folks? For those of us that are a little bit old school, a little bit nostalgic, and love a system that is fast and really, really responsive, let's just click on Install Point Linux, and we're going to see what happens here. You see granting rights is happening at the bottom here. There we go. Okay, where? Are, uh, what language are we going to be? English, Canada. All good right. call. Sounds good. Look at that. It's used geolocation to actually pinpoint my physical location. It's automatically put in my time zone. If I need to, I can click around the map, or, of course, I can use this drop-down to, to change it. Okay, so I just need to click forward. What kind of keyboard do you have? Here in Canada, defaults to French, because if you buy a computer here in Canada, it is going to come with a French keyboard, which is really quite annoying, because you're at buttons yes, in the wrong place, I and your quotation buttons in the wrong place, and your slash button is in the wrong place. If you type like me, right? So so I'm selecting English US because I have actually purchased a keyboard that is a US style keyboard, English keyboard. Okay, so forward. Okay, your name, Robbie Ferguson. That's easy. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) My password, what we want to call this computer, we'll call it Point Linux. This is the host name. And I'm just doing this because I want you to see how easy it is to install this distribution. Uh, One of the great things about the newest version of Point Linux, uh, 13.04, is that they they have absolutely rebuilt the installer. It's a GUI installation process, as you see here, and it works really, really well. So I'm going to select my hard drive. In this case, I'm using a virtual machine, but that's only for the sake of the demonstration, just so that you can see it install. And uh, you can install this on your physical box or in a virtual machine, however you want to do it. It tells me that my hard drive has not been partitioned yet. Do you want it to automatically partition? I'm going to say yes. That's an easy way to do it. That be- basically means it's going to slice up the pie, which is your hard drive, and put mm-hmm. things where they need to go. One of the things that you'll notice, though, now is that I've got a swap partition and I've got an ext4 partition, but neither of those is mounted to slash. So I just right-click on my ext4 partition, and I'm going to assign that to my slash drive my slash mount point, I should say. That is how Linux does things where Windows does, you know, C drive is your mm-hmm. system drive. Yeah. Slash is actually your system partition in Linux. So <laughs> we're good to go. So now we're going to go forward. Where do you want to install Grub? And Grub, all that is, is it's the menu that you see when you first turn on your computer. If you're dual booting, which means you've got Windows installed and you don't want to lose it because you do some gaming on there, but you want to put Linux on, you can dual boot. Grub will give you the option to select at boot whether you want to boot into Linux or whether you want to boot into Windows, for example. So we're going to put that on the only hard drive that's in my system, and that is my SDA. We're not going to put it on a partition. Those are partitions. That's the actual drive. Okay forward 
lets me review the settings. There's a little checkbox here that says send anonymous installation report. Leave that checked. What that does is it tells the people at Point Linux uh, very, it's absolutely anonymous information, and all it does is it just lets them know kind of a, a head count of how many people are using the distribution, what kind of architecture you're using, whether it be 64-bit or 32-bit, that kind of stuff. So it's generic stuff, but it helps them to be able to keep track of how popular the distribution is. And we'd like them to see, if you go and download it, that, uh, that uh, there have been some installs since seeing it on the show. That's important. So leave that on and click on Install. And look at that. It's formatting it's going through it's indexing files to be copied and we've got a wonderful surprise tonight i heard him clearing his throat we in fact have the creator of point linux on the line with us tonight and uh, so we'd like to say hello to him peter it is so nice to have you here thanks for joining us tonight uh good evening robbie good evening hillary well, great good to evening, see you everyone Peter, we are so thrilled about your distribution because it really feels like, like I was saying off the top of the show there, it feels like Linux was meant to feel when we were in that progression going from Compiz to Barrel and then from Barrel to Compiz Fusion and the, the whole progression that was going on there. And then suddenly it was decided for us that those things were going to be no more. So tell us a little bit about how and why Point Linux started. What is it that motivated you to do something uh, which is essentially, now can I call Point Linux a bit of a fork uh, from, you know, we're looking at uh, everything is kind of the way it was with GNOME 2, uh, comp is, things like that? Well, um, what is Point Linux, first of all? Point Linux is a Linux distribution based on the uh, Debian Wheezy and Mate 1.4.2. So, uh, and uh, it's same as Robbie just said, is to bring back the GNOME 2 desktop experience on a modern Debian platform. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, that's right. And, uh, well, why it all happened? So I just, uh, when uh, it, all, it all started when the, uh, uh, when I just, uh, heard that the the original known to project ceased to exist so i just mm -hmm. decided i just have to uh have to do something about it and so i heard about the mate the new project and i i did some tests i just wanted to see how how good it it could be integrated into the into the um well how good could I recreate the uh, original GNOME? Because right. I wanted my GNOME back. Yeah. And so I just, uh, when I felt that it actually works, I just started, you know, thinking about making a, a, a distro. Peter, and I think... So there, there's this massive group of users, and I don't even know what what kind of numbers represent them. Uh, I would say that I'm a part of this group, a group that, like yourself, just wants that that old style gnome feeling back. And it's and I think I kind of touched on it off the top there, where it's not just about the interface, and it's not just about the the way that it runs, and it doesn't matter who makes it. It's about the freedom. I think is is a big part of it. And having installed Point Linux uh, and testing it over the past couple of weeks because I've had access to some pre-releases and things like that, I've been just, it, it's like stepping back in time in a way because everything's current and everything is modern, but as far as my interface goes, I feel like this is the Linux that I fell in love with. This is the Linux that I tried to show all my friends and that I wanted everybody to give a try to. Well, uh, the thing is that it is kind of back, back to the future thing mm -hmm. here, because uh, you see, uh, uh, as the GNOME actually uh, cancelled the uh, GNOME 2 project, many users felt just betrayed because... Totally. Yeah. Uh, no, no, uh, the thing is that GNOME, uh, GNOME 2 was not only the desktop platform, it was uh, actually a perfect solution for servers. Yep. Where you need just the, uh, I don't know, where you need the basic thing. Yes. 
It was it was great for the netbacks for the for well generally speaking for things like that. Just yeah. so uh, 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 the same thing, by the way, goes uh, to Unity. Mm -hmm. uh, Unity right. cannot cannot be installed on servers, for instance. I, I have heard that people just uh, people saying that Uni uh, Unity does, uh, cannot satisfy them on servers. Yeah. No, so. So now knowing what has kind of motivated you to create this, you know, stepping back a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about the platform, how you've gone about it, um, and, and what, what exactly, like, what is, what is your goal with Point Linux? It's not just to create that nostalgic feel. There's a lot more to it than that. Uh, where are we at right now, and what, what, what are we going to see over the next little while? Well, I just uh, wanted to make a... Mm, a distribution that that could be uh, e well. Uh, first of all, I just uh, made a distribution to uh, to be able to bring bring it to uh, to people like me. Just right. just to be, uh, uh, well. I, I'm a system administrator, right? Mm -hmm. I, I work with computers a lot, so I just I just wanted to uh, uh, give people the, the same experience because Point Linux actually has a good out of box experience. Absolutely, uh, I think I think uh, you've already noticed that. We're going to see so that in in just a couple of moments here as well, Peter. Uh, I, I'd like to see how the how the installation is is progressing. Uh, and also, I'd like to note that uh, you know, with English being your your second language, you're you're doing very well, and I, I appreciate you stepping out of your comfort zone tonight um, to speak with Thank us. You. I really do appreciate Thank that. So the installation is uh, is progressing and Come is on. going through. It's at the point now where it's removing the live configuration packages. Notice that we've been discussing things in the meantime. There hasn't been a, a lot of interaction there. Things are <laughs> things are progressing well, and and I don't have to really. Nothing to even, worry about. Not, yeah, I'm not even really watching it, right? <laughs> so it's going quite well. Um, so now what about package repositories? I mean, you mentioned that you're, you're basing this on uh, Debian. And, of course, keeping in mind that Debian is the base for Ubuntu at its core and, and many other distributions. So you're really literally kind of picking this up where uh, I would say, you know, the, the big distros were about two to three years ago and then branching out into uh, a whole new distro uh, which I think is exciting because like I say it kind of <laughs> makes us feel like we're back at the Linux that we fell in love with so uh, where what what is going on with repositories where do where does all the file where do the files come from that I'm going to be installing when this is booted up and all that kind of stuff well um there are there are two rep, uh, active repos actually. The first one is the uh, is the Debian repo, and uh, the the second one is the Point Linux repo that is hosted in uh, Russia actually. So, uh, well, but the uh, server uh, works pretty good, so I think that there, there won't be a problem. But uh, if somebody actually wants to make a mirror. He's welcome. Very actually. good. I have to say. Yeah. Because we need we need uh, we need support in this uh, field. Yeah. Too. It makes me think about you know okay. how the cloud and things could be brought into play and and even expand that even further. Uh, but that's very cool. So you're hosting everything in in Russia and uh, we'll have access to it from here. Uh, now, how old is the project and how long have you been doing this and and what is kind of the the status of the project itself? Well, I have started developing for uh, for about uh, half a year. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean actively because I have had uh, uh, successful Ubuntu and Debian and Fedora respins because of that. But I have, act well, when I realized that the uh, that's gonna be a separate uh, Linux project, that was yeah. half a year ago. Something like that. Very good. So 13.04, which just came out when I announced it there about 15 minutes ago. Uh, that is uh, your second release? 
Is that right? Yes, that's right. Uh, the first release had the uh, Debian installer. It, it was a text-based, text-based okay. Debian installer. Yeah. And it is it is actually a great thing. I, I love it. it. It is absolutely perfect for the uh, server setups. Uh, right. When you just, uh, for instance, when you just make a net installation, mm-hmm. and you just need the, um, well, it works. It works fine. But sure. as it comes to the uh, live uh, live media, mm-hmm. it was not. It just it was not designed for for the live media. So it sure. just actually it's too big. It's too bulky. So I just. I just had to replace it, and uh, in fact, the uh, the whole um, well, the whole size of of, of the of the uh, image is actually reduced. Oh yeah, okay, really? That's surprising. So, well, uh, there are uh, well, I, I know it's a hard way actually, right? But uh, but uh, there is a. Well, I just I I feel I have to do it. Fair Yet good. it will draw more attention to the distro. Sure, I think one so, of the things that you should be very proud of too is that it doesn't feel like a new distro. Like it really does feel like a mature project as I'm using it. Um, I actually have it installed on our main system, and we're going to have a look at it in a few minutes' time. But we want to finish up the actual installation here, Peter, and you'll see that uh, that this is done. It's ready to go, and I can just say yes to restart my computer. Um, so we're actually going to do that. Uh, now, Peter, who is your, uh, I guess you would say, your target as far as customer base goes? Who is it that uh, that you think that Point Linux is for? Well, I th- uh, first of all, I think it, it, it is for uh, uh, experienced users. I, I still cannot recommend it to the newcomers. Sure. I think, uh, well, but, well, the... Um, Experienced users, the uh, just small uh, small companies that mm-hmm. that are looking for the uh, well people like you or I, for, I suppose for, for a squeeze replacement because yeah. it is a Debian project uh, product. Uh, well, it's based on Debian. It is pure Debian. Yeah, uh, it reports that it's a Debian. So I just wanted to leave it just like it is yeah because many people actually um, many uh, distributions actually change the uh, LSB release line yeah. well it's it, it, it it's a line that actually reports uh, what the distro is so I just decided to leave it just like it so is so it, it is Debian it right. is a pure Debian okay now, it, uh, as you say, you know, you mentioned that it's it's kind of more for the power user, somebody like yourself or myself, um, and maybe not the first Linux that you would want to install. I, I don't think that we should keep all the fun to ourselves, <laughs> realistically. I think we should share it. So, you know, for, for somebody, you know, I think about some of the, the friends that we have in the chat room that are watching right now who maybe are more experienced that could install this for their friends or for their family members because it, it's completely usable it's it's completely like it, it's linux but it's it's more it's almost like it's fun to tinker you know i, I saw this this meme on online that i really could relate to where you know linux is, isn't just about the freedom it's not just about the fact that we don't have to deal with viruses it's the fact that it's fun to tinker and it's fun to break things and it's fun to fix them again yeah. and play around it it feels like you're you're kind of you're working on your computer and and actually um, working at more of a, mm-hmm. a a higher level i guess than just something that like windows or something where you don't have any control over the operating system it's completely done installing here and and i've rebooted and i can enter my password and here we go booting into point linux for the very very first time peter what repositories uh can we get access to here right out of the box do we have things like let's say flash or um the ability to add non-free uh applications to our our uh, Linux distro here. Well, it depends on uh, what edition uh, you actually choose, because okay. there are two editions. The uh, well, uh, the first edition is the full edition, of course. Uh, okay, it, which is what I've installed has, here. I'll just mention that is what I've installed is yeah, the full download. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the full edition actually has uh, almost everything out of box. 
Wonderful. Uh, it has it has the uh, VLC media player. It has uh, it has the fl- Flash plugin. Uh, it has well Firefox as a browser. So yep. it it is actually the uh, the uh, system configured out of box. You can actually. Uh, start using it in mo- most cases. It has LibreOffice. Well, you can you can read the description of, of packages on on the Point Linux site, uh, just in the rele- release notes. Right. So, uh, and there is another uh, and there is another edition. Mm-hmm. It is core edition, and it actually has nothing. It has nothing but the. Desktop. It's just a blank the- CD. No, I'm just yes, it is. <laughs> well, uh, the thing is, it fits CD. It fits CD. It can be put on a CD. It is good for the uh, okay, you see. know pe- uh, people that love to you know just make it from scratch. Just and uh, also, it is good for the uh, uh, in cases where where a computer has no. Um, uh, has no uh, DVD drive and okay. it can't boot, it so, can't boot the. Uh, so we're basically yeah. looking at Core is available for CD-ROM versus, uh, which may also do well for you know like a USB flash drive or something like that. Or you've got the DVD is the full version, which most people I think these days are going to go with the full version anyways. I guess you would know that better than I because you watch the the downloads. But uh, I think you know typically you kind of want everything out of the well, box. Yeah. I, I would go for a full version, actually. Mm-hmm. So, what, with all of the stuff that comes with it, and you know how great it is, and how it installed so perfectly, and and just easy breezy, uh, is there any cost, or is is there ever going to be any cost, or how can we? I suppose, and I know the answer is that there there is no cost. It's absolutely free to download and install this. So, how can I put some money into your pocket so that uh, we can support the development of this project that? as far as I'm concerned, is exactly what we needed. And when I say we, I'm talking the Linux community. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can we put some money in your pocket to make sure that this thing keeps going? Well, uh, there is on the website, there is a donate uh, page where we can just uh, select the uh, payment system that y- you would love to use. And okay. uh, well, there are, there are only two systems uh, supported at the moment, but I will add more later. Sure. Well, it's PayPal. Mm-hmm. It's PayPal, actually, yeah. I think. So uh, the d- donations are welcome, of course, mm-hmm. because the project actually needs donations to grow, to, 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 to uh, just uh, make, make it easier for us to make new versions. It really, it really feels like all around, it feels more like Linux was three years ago. Like, what is this? <laughs> so, you know, you're doing this work for, for free for the community and you're accepting donations to, to continue the, the development of the project. And, uh, and you're doing a wonderful job, Peter, I must say, and uh, I'm loving the distribution. We're going to take a closer look at it. Um, is there anything else? Let's say um, I'm a user with a little bit of programming knowledge, or maybe I've got a, a web server at my business or something. Is there some? You mentioned repository mirroring. Is there something that I can do if I don't necessarily have the finances to send you? Is there something that I can do to uh, assist you uh, with this project? What What can we as a community do for you? Well. Um there are many ways to actually support the project. Uh, you can, uh, well, I'm just looking to build a team. So okay. uh, I, I really need helping hands now. Well, that's the point when I, when I need helping hands because uh, I, I uh, did, uh, well, the things that I could myself, but now I just, I just, I feel I, I need to expand the, project and so uh, uh, the helping hands would be very welcome actually so uh, the Python programmers the uh, I don't know the uh, uh, PHP programmers just uh, English speaking people that can right. actually that are not afraid to uh, write docs you know would be very welcome yeah. yet the ordinary users can 
can help also. They they, they could actually sp spread the word you know about the project mm -hmm. just to help it. Ah, uh, yeah. There is another thing that I would love to ask. Please, if you have if you downloaded through the uh, torrent, please don't remove it after after a successful download. You want to seed it for a little uh, while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's about it. Very good. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Torrent, what that means is as you download the program, as you download the, the CD or the DVD, it actually then shares it through your internet connection with all the other people who are downloading it in such a way that it, uh, it takes some of the cost off of Peter's servers because you're actually you're downloading it and then you're sharing it out from there. It's like peer-to-peer kind of sharing in a, in a very sophisticated way. So that's a, that's a good suggestion as well. Peter, I would love to take a, a little bit of a closer look at the distribution itself. Interesting. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to take a look at the distribution itself. Now, we were talking a little bit about um, uh, non-free packages. And you'll notice that it, as you... I'm just going to go into um, Synaptic Package Manager here. And there are some interesting packages that I notice here. Um, one of them is called Point Linux Repos Non-Free. And this actually automatically adds your non-free non third-party repositories, the GPG keys, automatically does all that. So we're going to add that into our system. That's going to give us access to... Now, what does that give us? That gives us VirtualBox and all those things, Peter. <clears throat> well... Uh well, you can install the package, and it will give you the. It will uh, automatically install the repos that uh, that actually will uh, that actually have the these packages. So exactly. It, yeah. is, it is Google Chrome, uh, Opera, um, then uh, VirtualBox, the the VirtualBox okay. that comes from Oracle. Right. And uh, Dropbox. It's a great thing. I, I use it, so I, I think it should be there. Very good. All right, so let's put that in there. Uh, of course, I want Compiz. <laughs> oh, do I want Compiz? Look at that. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to mark that for installation. Now, let's do a quick search for Compiz. And, you know, users of who have used Compiz will probably want to do this because you're going to want to add things like Fusion Plugins Extra. That gives you some extra cool effects and things like that. Um, you may want to, now it installs Compass Config Settings Manager, so that's good. Um, Emerald is a window decorator, that's kind of cool. Uh, you see what's happening here is we're, we're getting back into what Linux was. Fusion Icon, Rob. if you want to have it. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm sorry, may I just break in? Well, there is a, a very handy package, you haven't mentioned it. Uh, it is called Point Linux Compass. It actually installs the basic functionality of yeah. Compass. So you just, you just have to install the package and then just reboot. Perfect. And you'll get the basic Compass. All right. So let's let's take a quick look at, at how this ends up looking on our system. Now, this is my the one that we just installed. So I can apply that and I can allow it to go through the installation. Or we can, in fact, uh, get that off my screen. And here we are looking at Point Linux. This is a fully installed version on my computer. And all I've done is I've gone through the repositories here, Peter, and we've added a couple of things, just like I was just showing you how to do. Um, one of the things that I did have to do was figure out which kind of graphic driver to put in for my NVIDIA card, um, which was, I guess, that would be where I would say maybe not so much for an uh, like a, a brand new Linux user, what you could do is go into Synaptic Package Manager if you're if you're using uh, an NVIDIA card and do a quick search for NVIDIA dash detect, and that'll give you a, a package that's just a simple little command line uh, tool. So I'm going to install that for you. Nice and quick. Going to go uh, in the terminal uh, here. Yes. Well, uh, that's why I would not recommend it. Exactly. To, uh, uh, sorry, the point Linux distro to the uh, newcomers because uh, there is no uh, driver detection uh, tool uh, yeah. like we have in uh, Ubuntu. So you, you'll have to install. Well, in fact, the um, uh, many uh, non-free drivers are already installed on the 
uh, on the uh, full uh, edition version. Right. But uh, if you actually uh, are looking for NVIDIA uh, driver's installation, mm -hmm. you'll have to do it yourself so they, exactly. they won't be detected. So yep. uh, the package is called uh, NVIDIA-current, uh, as far as I can remember. Okay, well, uh, what, what we is, can also do... Uh, is like, see, see what I've done here, Peter. I don't know if you can see my screen, but I've done a, a quick pseudo NVIDIA-detect, and it's shown me that there is a package called NVIDIA GLX that's available uh, for my particular card, right? And with that particular package, you can just find it right here. There it is. You'll see that I've already installed it, and that's, in fact, given me all of my NVIDIA stuff. So all that to show, Peter, that it's really not as complicated as, as we would make it out to be. Uh, we can use tools like that to determine there's the package name that I needed to install and what did it do, but it actually gave me a full NVIDIA driver for my for my card. And it works great. There it is, just as you would expect. So, brilliant job that you've done with uh, with Point Linux. Um, is there anything else that we can, uh, that we should mention uh, as we have you here, Peter? PointLinux.org, get over there, download the uh, distribution. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> I was talking to them, <laughs> to the viewers, yes. Uh, it looks like uh, I have just missed some. Oh, okay, sorry. I was just uh, just saying thank you for being here on the show, Peter. And, and uh, you know, I love what you're doing with Point Linux. Uh, I think that the community is going to really benefit from, from your work, and I really hope that uh, our community and that the community of Linux uh, at large uh, will show their support. Uh, for this project, and I'd encourage you to go to pointlinux.org, uh, grab a download, try it out on your system, do it in a virtual machine if you want to give it a try first, and uh, and then play around with it uh, as as perhaps your core operating system. Uh, Toby, I think that uh, the distro hopping uh, can stop now um, because we found one that is is providing everything that we were hoping for. So, Peter, thank you very much. Is there anything else that we can do for you tonight? Thank you. Peter, it's, it's been great having you here. I'm getting a little bit of feedback now at this point. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I have just a very bad sound now. So I, <laughs> I, would, I, I would better say goodbye to anyone. Okay. It was, it was, it was nice to just to see you. It's nice to have you here. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you for your wonderful project. PointLinux.org, folks. Because I'm getting some feedback there, Peter, I'm going to disconnect you. But thank you, and, uh, and we'll be in touch for sure. Um, and uh, hopefully you can join us in the chat room there, Peter, and, and answer some questions. Have we had any questions there uh, in the chat room as the show has been going? I'm not sure if, uh, if those have been caught. Uh, but Hillary is here, and I'm here. We're going to real quickly uh, get into the news, I think, at this point. Um, I'm, I don't know if you can tell. I'm really quite excited about this yeah, distribution. and and cool. Thrilled to, to be back on uh, a distribution that, that takes me where I want to be with Linux. So back to the roots. Fallen back in love with Linux in general. Sweet. Love it. What do you folks think? Uh, if you're in the chat room, love to see your feedback right now. Um, chat with us and, uh, and uh, also, you know, pop us an email live at category5.tv yeah. or uh, tweet us. It's category5tv on Twitter. You can get over to our Facebook page, cat5.tv slash Facebook or Google plus cat5.tv slash G plus. We're everywhere. We're kind of everywhere. Can't miss it. We're so social. <laughs> <laughs> Should be able to find us. Yep. No prob. All right, you ready? I got lots of news. Peeps. All right. Get ready for this. Microsoft has accused Google of pushing Android handset makers to use its applications, such as YouTube and Maps. Along with Oracle, Nokia, and 14 other tech firms, Microsoft has filed a complaint with the European Commission. The group known as Fair Search argues that Google is abusing its dominance of the mobile market. <laughs> it's <a> crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is so backwards. This it's, is Microsoft saying this. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. In response to the filing, Google said, We continue to work cooperatively with the European Commission. Thomas Vinge is the Brussels-based counsel for Fair Search. He says, We are asking the Commission to move quickly and decisively to protect competition and innovation in this critical market. He goes on to say, The failure to act will only embolden Google to repeat its desktop abuses of dominance as consumers increasingly turn to a mobile platform dominated by Google's Android operating system. 
Android is now the dominant mobile operating system, accounting for about 70% of the market. That's amazing. Quite I incredible. didn't know that it was that high. I know. I didn't either. And I think that I, I find it like I'm kind of rolling my eyes over here. I know you can't see because I'm off camera, but <laughs> yes. seriously, mm-hmm. Microsoft is complaining that someone else is monopolizing the market. Kind of funny. Kind of backwards. Kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> we were talking about kind of going back in time a little bit tonight. Uh, maybe Microsoft mm-hmm. should do that and look, look back, back a little bit and see what it was like when they had 92% share. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore. You do the math. If Android is 70% and there are a whole bunch of other competitors out there, where does that leave Microsoft? Crazy. (laughs) Many UK customers of Sky are being delulged. What did you write here? What did I write? Deluged. Is that a word? Deluged? Deluged. I don't write it. I just copy it. Oh, sorry. With thousands... are being bombarded with thousands of old and deleted messages as the company switches email providers. In recent weeks, Sky has stopped using Google to provide email services in favor of Yahoo. The switch has seemingly resurrected many message messages users formerly detected, with some reporting that they had to go through thousands of messages before deleting them for a second time. Some unlucky customers had to suffer thousands of deleted messages being re-delivered several times. On its support site, <laughs> Sky acknowledged the problems the changeover has caused. It said the problem emerged during mig- migration as it was copying all customer emails to Yahoo's mail servers. The issue should recede as mail servers were synchronized, they have said. Boy, that'd be annoying. Can you imagine trying yeah. to do business? <laughs> ding, 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 all these things. Yeah. Linux-based operating systems have achieved great success in many markets. The open-source kernel powers operating systems running on millions of servers, desktops, laptops, and mobile devices. Now Linux will be voyaging into a new frontier, space. United Space Alliance, a NASA contractor which is involved with operations on the International Space Station, the ISS, is migrating many of their key systems from Windows to Linux. This migration to open source includes the first, the world's first Robonaut, a humanoid nice. robot, which will assist astronauts on the space station with the mundane or dangerous tasks. Hmm. Way to go, Linux. Way to go. Getting out in space. Low-fat preparations of chocolate are well known, but their textures tend to not match the real thing. A report at the American Chemical Society meeting described a method using the popular gelling agent agar to make tiny sponges that displace fat. University of Warwick researchers said water, fruit juice, or even alcohol could replace up to half the fat. Dr. Stefan hmm. Bond said that when they used alcohol, they were like tiny vodka jellies. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> With half the fat. The emulsion solution required that the liquid be slightly acidic, so that the te- um, so the team opted to use fruit juices, which Dr. Bond said was exciting because it had the combination of fruit juice and chocolate, and everybody went wild for it. You can get these full stories online at category5.tv/newsroom. The Category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions from our fabulous community of viewers. If you have a story you think is worthy of honor or mention, send us an email at newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Hillary Rumble. Thanks, Hillary. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Quartery Electrical Contracting, Inc. You can find them at quarteryelectric.com. Also get your free one-month trial of Netflix at cat5.tv slash Netflix. And you see these lovely devices behind us. These are here to save you money. This is the NetTalk Duo and NetTalk Duo Wi-Fi, NetTalk Duo 2. Go to cat5.tv slash phone. Find out more about this. This will absolutely eliminate your telephone bill. Check that out. All right, we, I mean, I really wanted to commit some time to, to Peter there. I, I love oh, what he's doing. Yeah, it's and uh, I hope that you uh, enjoyed yourself and, and that you're going to go check out that distribution at pointlinux.org. Uh, in the meantime, I suppose we should uh, see what we can do with uh, breaking into the mailbag and uh, oh, yeah. answer some of your questions with the short time that we do have left. Certainly. Thanks, everybody, for sending in your questions. We love it. We love it. And we got one here from Dave. Hey, Robbie. Have you ever tried any of open source private cloud software? 
I like the concept of having all stuff available from everywhere, hmm. but I'm not so excited about putting it out there with the big brother, like Google. Yeah, or I guess Apple. I hear you. I found the software called OwnCloud. Do you have any thoughts on it? Is it maybe worth a feature on Cat Five in hmm. the future? I haven't used it. Um, I'm I'm quite you know intrigued by the cloud and, and I use it like crazy, but um, I don't really use the Google thing except for my calendars and stuff like that. I guess that's Google Cloud. Um, I like. I mean, I still love my Pogo Plug, um, pogoplug.com. What's interesting about it, you talk about, um, you know, personal cloud. So having the, the files mm-hmm. yourself as opposed to putting them on Big Brother's servers. Uh, Pogo Plug is a device that you plug your hard drive into. Mm-hmm. So it's your hard drive. Your data is on your hard drive, and it just shares it out over the web in a secure environment. Yeah. So that you, can, you can access it, but nobody else can kind of thing. I really like that. Um, I haven't used Open Cloud or Own Cloud, I should say. Um, if anyone in the chat room has used it, would love to hear from you. I I wouldn't mind checking out that kind of thing. But um, Dennis Kelly says that his Pogo plug is slow, and if you're using a Pogo plug and it seems slow, uh, if you're on the LAN, Dennis Kelly, like if you're accessing it on the same network that that it is physically connected to, then uh, it, it would be because you're using encryption. Hmm. Because if you encrypt, if you log into your PogoPlug account and you turn on always encrypt my stuff, it's great because it's encrypted. It's yeah. absolutely <laughs> secure, right? So 256-bit AES encryption. So all of your file transfers and everything happen encrypted. So what happens if, let's say, I have my PogoPlug at home and I am sitting on my home computer and I'm accessing those files. Now, I'm on a DSL internet account. You would think it would be super, super fast because I'm on gigabit Ethernet. Mm. But because I've got encryption turned on, it uploads, it sort of, I mean, it, it encrypts it using a key that is on an external server because it has to get that encryption key and then route it back to your computer. So it's actually going out through the modem and in through the modem at the same time. So you're cutting it down to, you know, if you've got a, a DSL modem with one meg up and three meg down, that means you're going to be maybe getting like, you know, 500K a second instead of a gigabit. Um, So very, very, very slow. So when you're inside the network, you can turn off encryption. It doesn't encrypt it twice. It, in fact, encrypts it because you've got that setting set up on your, on, in your panel when you log into mypogoplug.com. And um, so it encrypt, in order to encrypt it, it has to use, what what does an encryption require? It requires uh, a key right? Uh, in this case, it would be like an SSL cert, something like that. So it has to go out to the uh, to the SSL site and uh, encrypted and back in encrypted. And so it's a little bit of a roundabout kind of thing happening there. So that would slow you down. When it's important to have the encryption turned on is when you're accessing your Pogo plug always through the internet. I have a Pogo plug here and I have a Pogo plug uh, at a remote site that is mm-hmm. connected to the internet 24-7 so that I can transfer my backups. I actually have ActiveSync copying the data Smart. between the two devices. So it's like a, a RAID 1 of Pogo plugs, but the encryption happens between those two devices, mm-hmm. not between my computer and my local uh, Pogo plug, if that makes sense. So that would speed things up for you. That's Big time. Cool. And of course, if you're not keeping anything that's uber private on your Pogo plug, then if you disable encryption, all it means, it doesn't mean that people can access it. Right. It only means that people can intercept it if it's being transmitted through their service. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an ISP and, you're re- and you open a text file, say, on your Pogo plug and it's unencrypted, I can read the contents of that text file if I happen to be looking for it. If I happen to be watching it, packet sniffing and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that they can access your files. It just means that they can read the transactions between the two devices. You're still going to be logging in through a secure connection, so you don't have to worry about your password being uh, hijacked or anything like that. So, hope that makes sense. Yeah. Good info. I like it, Robbie. Mm. Um, I have another question if we got right. oh, a little bit of me. time. Oh, look at that. Oh, hi. Yeah. Hey. Hillary's here. Um, <laughs> this comes to us from a secret guest. A secret guest. Guest oh, underscore right. 7353. Hey. Um, how do I configure OLSR on 2DD WRT router and three laptops to form a wireless mesh network? Nice. That what is... What does that even mean? Some clever networking fandangleness that 
we could absolutely cover with the next four minutes of the show. Okay. <laughs> Not really. Imagine <laughs> what happens when your internet goes down. I mean, I use the NetTalk Duo. I'm in trouble. Right? So my internet goes down. I lose, yeah, I lose my phone service. So I have, to, I have a cell phone. So I'm okay. Yes. Right? Most people do. So that's why that is okay. If the internet goes down, you still have a cell phone. You're good to go. But it can be annoying that I can't take my calls yeah, during that time. of course it is. Also... Let's say I'm on the air. I'm talking on the show, and all of a sudden, the internet just happens to go down here. What a pain, right? Well, there are different ISPs, different internet service providers around town. I could go with Bell. I could go with Rogers. I could go with CompuSolve. I could go with a variety of different providers. Mm -hmm. So what would happen if I had more than one provider? Scandal. If cable internet went down... (laughs) How could I make it so that my computers would automatically now go through DSL? And if DSL went down, it would automatically go through cable. And if both were up, it would share the load between the two different connections. That's where this kind of networking and mesh network and things come to play on a a consumer router. DDWRT opens up your router to be able to do that kind of stuff. We don't have time... To actually cover that tonight, because obviously that's uh, a little bit sophisticated, but it is, in fact, quite simple to do at the same time. Mm. Uh, I'll just do a real quick, um, on the DDWRT website in the wiki, there is a mesh networking with OLSR tutorial. And you'll notice that if you look at it, it's quite short, and it's actually quite simple. Now, it looks a little bit overwhelming, because it's like, whoa, what is all this stuff? Well, these are plugins. Yeah, okay. So let's scroll down a little ways, and here's the actual do-it-yourself. So you connect to your router. Yeah, we know how to do that. We go to wireless basic settings, and we check off that, uh, you know, get our wireless set up. Okay, well, we've done that. So what do we do? We need to set up OLSR, which is to go into advanced routing, turn it on, right, go through the steps, and everything is pretty much there to get a basic kind of mesh network going with your DDWRT routers. So that is to connect both of those routers mm. together so that if one fi- uh, one connection goes down, the other one will take over for the network. That makes sense. Right? Really cool stuff. I'll post a link for you in the show notes for episode number 290. Uh, but in the meantime, I mean, that's super easy to find. Uh, I did a search on Google for DD-WRT mesh. And it was the first result first you see there. First thing popped up. Okay. And that is just to set up a very, very basic mesh network. Not overly sophisticated, but it gets you started, and that will help you to to get going with that. I love the idea. Maybe we can look at it in depth another day. That would be a cool feature. I think we'd have to kind of pre-record and and actually set things up. I mean, it starts with flashing your router to DDWRT. <laughs> it's like a an operating system for your physical router because a router is kind of like a computer. Yeah, yeah. It's a solid state computer, and uh, so you know, it comes with the firmware that you know it could be Netgear or it could be whatever brand D-Link or something like that. So you get rid of the Netgear thing, put DDWRT on it. (laughs) Well, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? It would be fun. Good good question, though. Thank you for the question. Mm -hmm. Let us know how you fare with all that. And that's pretty much all the time that we have, isn't it? I can't believe it. I know. Wow. We just learned so much about Point Linux. and. You folks have fun tonight? I hope so. Always a good time. Now, just a note that we have... I mean, we, I've been working on this, and last week we ran into it, Google uh, Hangouts. Yes. It's been very complicated. I mean, we've been, we've been really reaching out to, to expand our uh, kind of reach as far as what services we're available on, and we've been available on Hangouts. We've been available on YouTube Live, which is cool. Uh, but Hangouts has been problematic because people yeah. haven't been able to find how to get into our Hangout after the show, and uh, it's, it's, so you know, it's been like one or two, three people coming in to, to chat after the show and it's like well where is everybody well nobody can find the link so we figured it out we got it licked okay you can go over to cat5.tv slash g plus right now and you'll see the link there which is going to take you to the hangout you have to have a google plus account they're free so hey sign up and with that you're going to be able to hang out after the show plug in your webcam have a quick little chat we'll be here for about 15 minutes at least i will be certainly uh and uh you know we'll have a quick chat and say hey and if you have any questions um then uh, let us know it's cat5.tv slash g plus keep that in mind category5.tv is our full website cat5.tv the short one is our short url redirector that'll get you there all right 
I just tried to do it right now, and that's how there you go. Do. And it got you there. And the and first I thing on your it. screen is Google Hangouts. I did it. How do you like that? I so found it. Bring it up. And uh, Jot making a good point in the chat room. If you don't have a Google Plus account, you can still participate by watching. You can go to cat5.tv/youtube. And you'll be able to watch the Hangout live on YouTube. It's just that if you go through Google+, you can use your webcam and you can actually talk back to us and say hi. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool stuff. Everybody have a fantastic week. Hillary, it's always a pleasure oh, having you here. Thanks for having me. Next week's going to be another fun show. Krista and I are going to be showing you how to hack. Ooh. Step things up a little bit. <laughs> we are going to that. build our very first phishing site so that you can steal people's passwords, steal their it. bank account information. No more stealing. That no more stealing. is... <laughs> sorry, Hill. Uh, we're going right. to teach you to fish. Well, that's going to be great. It's all for a good cause, though. We're going to show you exactly how fishing works so that you know what to watch out for. So don't miss it next week. Okay. Have a great week, and we will talk to you uh, next Tuesday night. Bye. Episode 290. We're 10 away from 300. Woo-hoo. Yes. See ya. Bye. Enjoy the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.